Welcome to Cup of Three. Uh, welcome to Cup of Three. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> my name is Mabel. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Agu and Ashley here. Let's talk about money between couples. This is this is a touchy subject for some. So some that came up in episode seven were Olivia and Brett. Olivia likes to live her life and really use her money to spend on experiences. And as she mentioned, she's taking care of her bills as well, but she is mindful of what she wants to spend her life doing. And that could be traveling, that could be out and, you know, to a concert. And Brett, however, likes to plan and likes to budget. So he is being mindful of, hey, I own a house and I want to build towards my retirement. These are things I want to save up for in the long run. So between Olivia and Brett, they have a little different ways to approach money. What are your thoughts on that as a couple to approach money conversations a little differently? Yeah, I think part of what makes it really different or difficult is that it seems like they make significantly different amounts of money, where if you're in Olivia's situation where you're comfortable, then you don't have to be as rigid with budgeting as you would if you were Brett, who makes less and you just naturally have to be tighter with things because you don't have extra to make mistakes with or not pay attention to. I think there's also an interesting thing that's happening with gender roles and how gender is playing into it because Mm -hmm. I think she's being cast a little bit as like the um, kind of like frivolous woman who likes to go shopping and spend money and not think about it. And he's like playing the role of like the responsible man of the household. And I don't like how that's going. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about it, but I'm going to, oh, I'm just going to be quiet. Cause I know Goo has thoughts on it too. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't have, I could talk about feels. all day. I mean, I don't have a crazy amount of thoughts on this. Honestly, I, I know we, we kind of touched upon it with, because they kind of, they mentioned this in the earlier episodes too, but this one, it really, solidified it to me just them going to each other's homes Mm -hmm. and um you know her reaction to his house was rough it was my personal opinion that was a bit rough and a little judgmental and i i get what she you know it's not what she had in mind um but it also felt as if they both wanted the other person to move into their house and they weren't budging you know, with that. So like they are both kind of downplaying the other person's home because no, you're going to be living with me anyway. Um, so I, I definitely get the, the money point of it. Um, but I gotta be honest. I think my concern is it seems as if each person wants the other person to just fit into their lives perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, like almost like an accessory, you know, like, all right, I got my partner now. And I just, that's just not how this works. You know, like each person is, this is a whole person coming into your life. And uh, a whole person, a whole person, a whole whole person. (laughs) So I just, I don't know. I don't know about them. This, yeah, this is why, like, I think it's so important for 
like if you're moving in with your partner, whether you're married or not, whatever, to like move into a new place together. I know they're like kind of in that in between where they're currently in a neutral place that's a shared apartment that's new to both of them. But beyond filming and, you know, for the rest of their lives, they have to make the practical decisions about how that works. And I could totally understand that Brett has prioritized paying down his house. And like, that's really a source of pride for him that despite being tighter money wise, um, he's still been able to do that and really like made a point of doing it. But like, I don't know. I don't know what to recommend to them because it seems like they're both like really, really like stuck in the ground about like, this is where I want you to move in to be with me. So like, I don't know. what do you think about, about like the money thing? Yeah, I definitely, I want to echo what you said that married at first sight has done a good job of putting them both into new spaces, which they started to do about, I think season six or seven. One of those two mm-hmm. was the first time they started to do that. Yeah. And I thought that was really good because now this is not, you know, you're coming to my life literally, and or I'm coming to your life literally. Like, you no, know, we're starting a new life together. Yes, simple, you know, practices that really start to instill that. Uh, but the sense of the conversation, I feel like. So this is something I'm struggling with. Part of me is like, does that mean that couples should see, you know, eye to eye on either both budgeting or both spending because that's just gonna, you know start to at least limit some arguments between them of how they spend money? Or is it a good compliment to one another where someone wants to go on traveling experiences, spend time going to restaurants and going to concerts while the other person is like, all right, honey, let's dial it in a little bit. We can't go to five restaurants this month. Let's try to only go to three. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like redefining what is an experience because I could understand where from Olivia's perspective, if you're single, you're like a lot of your free time is probably spent with your friends and family and doing these types of things. Look, girl, you got a whole ass husband now. Yeah. Now you have that person that you wanted to do these things with. But like, there's also all sorts of like really great and wonderful things that you can do that don't have anything to do with spending like the way like cooking together or, um, you know, watching your show together at night or going for walks in your neighborhood. Like those are all like, things that are like really bonding and really um, I think what she has wanted and it doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. have to do with spending the money. So I think it's just kind of like recalibrating a little bit to like what is a good experience. And Mm -hmm. like when you have a partner just doing like really benign things are kind of fun. Like Mm -hmm. in normal times going grocery shopping, (laughs) it's like, Oh yeah, we're just hanging out. (laughs) Yeah. Now it's scary. First of all, I think we should title this episode a whole partner. <laughs> whole ass partner. A whole ass partner. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think where the issue started to fall for me was the poor communication between them two on money. So Brett became very condescending. And that was really frustrating to see. He yeah. was almost calling her just irresponsible with her money and never asked about, hey, do you make sure to pay your bills? Do you, you know, fit this in where you can? Are you saving anything? He just assumed that, well, I'm saving for my retirement. What are you doing? Just throwing money away? Mm -hmm. I was just like, yeah. Okay. All other relationship issues aside, if you don't respect and communicate effectively with your partner. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's rough because he definitely has like he's right in some sense some areas right but he's such a dick about it sometimes in the way he explains it 
where like it's you know it's not what you say it's how you say it sometimes and it's you're right like it did come off a bit judgmental and i know so initially when we're watching it i'm thinking oh that's a problem uh you know how she in debt and still doing all these things and uh like ashley had a really good point of what type of debt is the student loan debt like if that's the case i mean it's actually depending on your interest rate and whatnot it's might be smarter for you to save as opposed to pay that off. Like there's so many factors that we didn't even touch it. He just heard debt, lack of a house and was like, Mm -hmm. you're bad with money. He put her in that stereotype. That's what I was saying. Mm -hmm. And that, and if you, you know, think about like the influence that it could have on your credit score and you think about all the other areas of your life of, you know, am I living effectively to what I want? Like, am I able to, do the things I want and make sure my mm-hmm. loans are paid off every single month. Right. Yeah. Like, right. That, exactly. It's very approach yeah. To approaching debt. Like some people don't mind debt as long as they can maintain that monthly payment. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want any debt at all. Is either wrong? Not necessarily. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the type of debt is different. Like, you know, I don't know if he owns his house fully, you know, technically if it's a mortgage, that's kind of debt, you know? So like, I don't know, how that works exactly but it kind of reminded me of uh bobby and danielle where they had like a similar you could argue danielle was in a less favorable situation where it was credit card debt because she likes to travel you know while in this situation from what we can see it seems like it's just student loan debt which yeah not great well we don't know we just don't know yeah and like (laughs) Her career, like she, she's, we know that she's had to go to school quite a bit. Like, I just, it seems a bit unfair to, to label her as that. That being said, on his side, like the fact that he has a house at his income level is something like, it's okay for you to be like, oh, that's great. Like you can give him a little bit of room on that too, you know? Yeah. And like when she was there and like looking at everything, like, ooh, this looks odd. This looks odd. Like, get the guy some credit, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, they clearly have very different approaches to money. Mm -hmm. And it's completely understandable. Get like, that's going to be different for everyone, regardless of income level. Like, that's part of your money story. How you even think about money is our values that you learn from your parents. And maybe those have shifted as you've grown older and you've kind of readdressed those. Or if you grew up with money or without money, that'll affect how you think about it later Mm -hmm. and how you think about what a rich person is like versus a poor person is like, like there's all these stories and like cultural things attached to just these numbers that in themselves just, it's just a number, but we ascribe a lot of emotion to it. Mm -hmm. And like, that was my biggest problem with, how she was portrayed was that it was like, she says like, yeah, I have some of, she indicated that she had some debt, but that she also likes to spend money on experiences. She didn't say I'm not also saving for retirement. I'm not also, I don't have, you know, my emergency fund already. I've got like all this other stuff in order. Mm. It was just like, oh, this is the type of person you are. And then him being like the frugal good person who's, putting money away and all this stuff. And it's not one or the other. It is completely possible to, with whatever income level you are to, well, that's, that's an overgeneralization, but it's possible to 
take care of your shit and still be able to enjoy the things you enjoy. Maybe it's yeah. your disposable income is, you know, an extra $200 a month, but that gets you one night at your favorite restaurant once a month. And that's important to you. Mm. Great. <laughs> it, maybe you have an extra two grand a month and then you can go to two concerts or whatever. And like, that's fine. That's your yeah. extra money. Mm -hmm. You get to decide what to do with it, but it's kind of the idea of like taking care of your other stuff first. And we don't actually know mm -hmm. if she was doing that or not. So the assumption yeah. that because she's spending her disposable income means that she doesn't take care of her other things. Like, yeah. Also that, that is such a jump. Even if that was the case, that's if you're like, there's a way to address that though, right? Like, let's say you were in a relationship with a person who wasn't able, who wasn't financially responsible. I mean, I, I think it seems as if some people on the show like to, like Woody was talking about how he likes to spend quite a bit of money on clothing, you know, like there are people, different people spend money different ways. And I think even if you are with a partner that isn't financially responsible. I don't know if that means call everything off, you know, go home, like this is over. Like that's something that you could work through and like not even being, not communicating in a way to give her room. Like I'm like, like I said, they're both right. Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm sure she could do better. I'm sure he could do better. Talk it out, have an actual conversation. Not all this like mm -hmm. witty, sarcastic, stuff <laughs> yeah oh my gosh seriously like all sarcasm coming from brett every time you talk about something well and also though it seems like brett uses money to kind of define himself and he seems very sensitive when that kind of gets mm. pushed or triggered a little bit and i don't really think that he ever acknowledges that either he's just a person that would rather push things off on sarcasm or say that you're that he's better than you because he knows how to budget um but what I um, saw when they were talking back and forth between this was that it took them a while to actually get to the whole picture of it, right? So it took a while for Brett to understand that, yes, Olivia has debt, but she also makes a heck of a lot more than you do. Mm -hmm. And yet, um, Bridget, yeah, he does budget, but he also does, you know, make less than you. And so... It was almost like they were putting the other person's habits into my life and yes. being like, oh my gosh, if I, if I were, you know, that's right, ridiculous with my money, I'd be broke. And Olivia, oh my gosh, if I were terribly um, budgeting, like I would never want to live my life. And I'm like, neither is really fully accurate to their lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think, I think Olivia was a lot better at that discussion than Brett was because she was actually able to understand that. Brett is trying to like put into his box and she goes, well, do you know how much I make? No. Do you realize that, you know, I've also told you I make, a, well, she actually, had, he didn't know at that point, but you do know that I make a lot more than you, but you don't know how much I spend on what doing what. Yeah. And so it was just, it, it was just quick to, quick to judgment. Yeah. I feel like if they, to get through that, you have to suspend that that thing of of judging every single thing that comes out of the other person's mouth as mm -hmm. oh when you say i spend five hundred dollars a month on restaurants then i think you're frivolous and stupid and you don't cook <laughs> like suspending that and just being like where are we at 
What do you, what is important to you? What's important to me? How much money do we have together? What's our household income? I feel like we talk about this a lot where it's like, it's not just you individually now. Like you can both, yeah. like now you can probably like afford a better house or something. Like you can sell yours. Like you'll live somewhere better and nicer. Yeah. And it still means that you were hardworking and you paid off that one. Like you can still move on to another one and enjoy your life. And it doesn't have to mean anything. And like they're, they're holding on to those things so tightly and, like you're saying, Mabel, I don't think they're doing a great job of like stepping into the other's shoes of like, I think, I wonder in Olivia's career, I'm sure she can appreciate that at a certain point, maybe when she was in school or something, when, you know, she wasn't a nurse practitioner yet and she wasn't making the big bucks that like times were tight. We were having ramen every night. Like we were <laughs> with roommates and, you know, like I'm sure she has experienced some level of this in her life and knows what it's like to not have what she has now, but they never got mm -hmm. to that point. Cause they were both just like, right. Like throwing stuff at each other and then hiding again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say though. So Woody did a good job of like calling out a little bit. If she's not going to jump from five stars to one star, right. To, if she's going to do these trips and she's been living according to lifestyle, don't get me wrong. She's not going to make like a 180 flip the other way, but hmm. you also have to, you know, that not discount the other person and be like, there's some flexibility there. I see. I, I don't know the Woody thing. I think he, he kind of made that a little too simple, honestly. Hmm. And I, maybe he had a whole a bunch of other points and they just kind of cut it to that. But the whole, she makes more money than you. You know, and she's not going to go from five to like, I, I don't think that's necessarily the problem. It seems like the problem and obviously I'm not him, so I don't know fully, but it seems like the problem is he is come looking at this from a building room for a family, right? Like we know he wants kids and she's viewing it a little bit more of let's get these experiences and let's mm -hmm. live life. And, you know, it's, I, I've said this a few times now, but like I do, I see his point of view, right? Like if you do want to have kids, yeah, you want to have a, a, a house in a good neighborhood, in a good school um, area, school zone. I don't know. School district. School district. Thank you. In a, in a great school district, like you want to build up your foundation for this child. So I get that thought process. I just, I think ultimately what they're, they're looking for different things. Like, I don't know. She doesn't, from what we see so far, it doesn't seem as if she is in that having a kid's mode yet. Like she's kind of hinted that like, okay, yeah, I'll think about it. But she's not, you know, if you're, if you're trying to have kids and you're being intentional with that, there's a lot of planning that goes into that. And it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like she's, doing that and it seems as if he is in his way like i think the household thing the saving thing that these are all things you do you know to build a family um mm -hmm. so i don't i definitely i think they're both right uh but just that that communication like you said fun hypothetical question though um if you had a partner who had a different who viewed money differently so i i like i know ashley you're you're a bit more of the saving type <laughs> honestly um um i kind of am too so like this is no indictment we kind of got lucky there but like mabel like if you had like a partner 
um, who was spending a lot of money and not necessarily a fan of saving, how would you address that type of situation where, you know, you still want to be with the person, but they kind of view it differently? Yeah. Um, so I'll actually answer from both sides. So mm -hmm. if I had a partner that wanted to spend a whole lot heck more than I was comfortable with, mm -hmm. I could definitely see how I'd be a little concerned from Brett's perspective be like, oh my gosh, this person is going to run me dry. Mm -hmm. um, but that I would think would probably come more over, okay, this person is not slowing down. I've already, you know, been to Michelin restaurants once a month with this person and yeah. gone to Dubai or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like it would come and for me, like it would come after a while being like, okay, clearly this is a very consistent habit of very high end, not just like liking the like some nice things sometimes. Like, no, this is like consistently over it overreaching from what I could even possibly like, but like contribute to. What if it wasn't even well, that though? Like what if it was just like, they're going out every day and maybe they don't have the money to do that. Like how, how would you handle that necessarily? Well, so that's one, um, uh, it's also going to be a two part answer. So first I would at least want to be able to be like, okay, like, is there some sort of workaround? Like you two love like hello fresh. Like, is there some sort of workaround? Like <laughs> let's get creative with the food that we eat or let's get some sort of like bundle or let's like eat out sometimes and something simple and, or I don't know, like there's, I think, um, something as, as just like one and done eating out every day mm -hmm. to be like the deal breaker just seems like a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the other side, if I had a partner, which I've had a partner that budgets way more than I do, um, it also became difficult because what I, so this is something I really resonated with when Olivia was speaking, she was saying that it de depends on your priorities for me mm -hmm. with that person prioritizing was spending time with one another and that meant um in some cases flying back and forth to see that person mm. but that person didn't want to budget as much and so he was more about okay like i and, and, like we also just had like different levels of love languages so how we talk mm. about like the five the five love languages for me quality time is a big one mm -hmm. and quality time like the same physical space is a big one mm -hmm. um and for him it it wasn't the same mm -hmm. and so it became a bigger issue because even though like i'm okay not you know spending a bunch of money on plane tickets all the time it is still difficult to be like well if the underlying value is mm -hmm. spending time together and it's hindering getting to that, that's where money becomes a problem because right. you're really getting to the issue of, well, I want to spend time with this person. Yeah. That's being, yeah. that's becoming the issue really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. Yeah. 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 To, I'm just going to answer your question. I think yeah. for <laughs> me, I think it's important for me to feel like my partner has their shit together <laughs> and mm -hmm. finances is a big part of that. I like, I grew up in a house where like mostly my dad was the breadwinner and like there were times later when my mom worked, but um, I saw how that affected both of them longer term. And like for her, that meant less financial stability mm -hmm. and just seeing how that all has played out and like just the traditional gender roles that that kind of a thing with even other family members, mm -hmm. I don't want to ever be like the 
like woman who ends up like widowed and doesn't know how to manage a bank account, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. something like that. And like, that's really extreme and like dramatic, but yeah. I also don't want the same for my partner. We're like, I want that both to be in the, um, independent or like each person knows how to handle their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like for me, if there's certain behaviors or things that feel like they're excessive, it's more like understanding what's the root of that. Or like, yeah. If Agu was like, hey, can we um, have caviar every night for dinner? I'd be like, hey, maybe let's not do that. But like, why do you want that? And understanding, like getting to the actual why of like, is it that you want to feel like you're taking care of yourself? Is it that, um, I don't know, it just it just feels special. Are you going through a hard time? Like maybe there's other ways we can meet that need that don't, you don't have to fill mm-hmm. that hole with caviar. <laughs> Well, which is also something that you remind me of what Olivia was saying. She says that it's something she wants to do with that partner. Brett came back and was like, I mean, if you want to go ahead, like if you want to go out to restaurants all the time, that's fine with me. But Olivia was like, well, I want to go together. This is something like I want to have these life experiences with my partner. And so that's also a disconnect that they had. He is okay as long as his finances like don't get influenced. She wants to have someone do this experience which requires at least a certain level of finance from her yeah. partner but i um, i, th- I think my- oh sorry to hop in there i think that might just be yeah. like her slotting him into her life though right because she doesn't like mm-hmm. what i got from that is she doesn't want to stop doing that so she's like yeah if you're she's gonna like, be get with on my me, level essentially triple yeah. your income <laughs> or go in debt <laughs> right well and so um not think not talking about traveling but i have a friend who so they've been married for a long time now and um they have a system where they have a joint account for their like big expenses like rent and stuff like that and they also have their own discretionary accounts um and so like every single month they can they put some money into the joint account they put some money into discretionary um individual Mm -hmm. accounts and so that's where if she wants to be like you know what? I want Thai food three nights this week. And he is like, not about that. Mm-hmm. She can use that discretionary or, Hey, mm-hmm. I want to buy those pair of shoes or I want to go on that little uh, like a girl trip or he, mm-hmm. you know, vice versa wants to be like, I'm really feeling the Chinese. Like, and you know, mm-hmm. like it's like, if you can come together and kind of have some sort of compromise like that, I think it could work. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's also a lot to ask where she's like, maybe wanting a higher lifestyle than what he's comfortable with. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I I think it. Oh, I I was going to hop in again really quickly to answer my own hypothetical question. But uh, I think like I get the, the, at least for me, to kind of echo what you said, Ashley, but like it's the feeling like the person has their stuff together. I think that's the main thing where, you know, the way to kind of go back to Brent and Olivia, it sounds like she has it together. She's doing it differently than he would, but mm-hmm. she has it together. If it was a situation where she didn't have her stuff together, like that just, that's unattractive because A, this is, this person's going to be affecting your life. So they don't have it together. You're also not going to have it together. You know, you, you guys are married, like you're going to same house, all that stuff. Yep. But it also just, it it's concerning because it, I don't know. It feels, I sometimes feel like it's a maturity thing, even though I know it isn't like there are people who are whatever age and still don't understand how to, that's mean, 
who are older, but have different views on money. And I, that just like, that's the part that scares me where like, I wouldn't want to be with a person who is um, living outside of their means mm. when they don't have to, you know, like, I think there's a certain financial yes. level where mm -hmm. if you're not make if at a certain financial level, no matter what you do, you're living outside your means. So if you're, you know, a certain dollar amount, you just can't afford to go out ever. So if you do go out, that's going to be out your means. But mm -hmm. if you're making good or middle income money and you're still living outside your means, that's when it gets concerning right. to me. Because right. at this point, this is a choice that you're living outside your means. Some people don't have that choice. You're making this choice. And that's when it gets, I, I would yeah. find that concerning. So bouncing off of that then do you think it's okay for someone who on a very different lifestyle level hmm. is with someone who is on a very different lifestyle level? like do you think that can work then if ultimately they're coming together and like you know they're living in their own means but like one person's making a lot triple. more and, well brett did say hard. triple. But like, i think i think yeah. that's really hard because again i think money is so tied into ego and emotions and uh, the storylines that we have about ourselves and others. And I think for that to work where it's two extremely different income levels would have to be honestly like a couple like Bennett and Amelia because they don't give a F about <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I dropped enough yeah. cuss words already. I thought I just <laughs> thrown an F there. Um, but like, seriously, the way that they are super chill, they don't have those, mm -hmm. at least that we've seen those meanings ascribed to it. Like she's going to be a doctor. She's going to, unless he changes professions, unless he, something changes in his career mm -hmm. world, he, she's going to be making hella much more money than him. And mm -hmm they both seemed super chill about that. And like, mm. they just mm -hmm, don't mm -hmm. care. And that's fine. It's just money. Like they seem to find more value in other aspects of life than just what's your annual salary. Mm. Um, but for somebody like a couple like Brett and Olivia, like this is a big, like they have some real deep ingrained beliefs around this stuff that can totally be addressed, but it's a lot of work. And like, mm. I'm curious the thought process of, um, I know there's a lot of other reasons why they're matched, but specifically around money, like what the thinking was and how they would address this part of it, because they're on, they're not even on different pages. This is like different books and different libraries and different languages. <laughs> like <laughs> this is, yeah. they're real far apart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I feel like we've, we've, we've kind of touched upon this before, but my personal opinion on that is I think it's harder if the guy is making significantly less than the, mm. the girl. Um, he said he didn't care. Do you think he wasn't being truthful? I mean, you could, you could feel that then, you know, it's, but you're going to constantly have to remind yourself that I don't know if like, you know, yeah, you could at that moment. But when they go to a restaurant and she pushes his and he goes to pay for it and he looks at the bill and it's something that he can't afford, how's he going to feel then? Like, I, I think it's mm -hmm. it's easier to feel that way in theory, um, but I still think they could work if there was the communication. And in general, I think those relationships work when the lady's making more than the guy, if the guy is 
like you could be accomplished in your field, but still not be necessarily monet, like financially rich, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you're a best-selling author, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're very wealthy or you're a, you know, you're a doctor, but to some people, what doctors make is nothing, right? So if you could still be in uh, like, you know, you could be in a relationship where, yeah, you're a medical doctor. I don't know why I put quotations, but you're a medical doctor and your partner, <laughs> let's say she's a millionaire, you know, you're 150, 200 a year is nothing to her, but you're still respected. You still have, you have that feeling of, you know, your shit, you know, because you've yeah. gotten to that point. I think that's the thing that has to be there is feeling like the other person knows what they're doing so or if it's a personality tv personality he's like a great tv personality or something like that and that's why the brett and amelia one i've uh, not brett and amelia and bennett and amelia i find that super interesting because i he doesn't have that technically but she's completely fine and like you know it works for them um he doesn't have that in his field yeah oh just be honest he doesn't have that yet like it seems like he's kind of doing different things but he's sure of himself. so like what i was saying well, yeah. that yeah. meaning of the that number assigned to like your value as a person hmm. bennett is okay with himself he he's fine he doesn't need i mean anything he lives in a tiny house like look <laughs> like his ego is intact yeah, he, without, himself. he did yeah and that's <laughs> That's different for other people. And it's honestly uncommon to see that where someone's just mm-hmm. ego is, I'm good. I'm good with who I am. I'm good with all this stuff. Like, man, where's a dress to bed? And he's, <laughs> that's just what he wants to do. There's nothing as assigned to that. It's just, it just is. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, of course they have these different stories with it. Mm-hmm. And also I think it would, for them, if she were more okay spending on both of their lifestyles together like okay they want to travel mm-hmm. but she has to pay for both of those tickets he would be okay with that he he like threw it out there jokingly but like i really do think that as long as it's not his money he's fine um mm-hmm. and so vice versa i think he'd be more okay if he were the one budgeting for both of them and so and this gets back to some traditional values if he were the mm-hmm. one handling the money and if he were the one being like okay you have this much to spend this month um think about like traditional gender roles mm-hmm. and for her though she is much more independent she was like listen i've built my career i have my money i want to spend it how i will um i also you know know this is what i want to keep living my lifestyle according Mm -hmm. to but i need you to be able to be at that level with me and for Mm -hmm. him he's like well i i'm not going to be at that level with you Mm -hmm. um but i also don't think he's like even saying that he's kind of just taking it personally and being like well yeah you're ridiculous yeah i think they both feel like the other is trying to take their money away (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like he's trying to take away her lifestyle she's in that she's trying to take away all his retirement <laughs> just yeah. like yeah mm. yeah and I, right. mm-hmm. I feel a little bit bad with the with the woody statement where i was like he's kind of off like lifestyle is important like i get that like i i i i'm i have no illusions about that but i feel like like it's hard but i'm sure we all know people in our personal lives who they're like the 
both people are not making even close. Like I know personally, I, I know quite a few people who are like that and they're completely fine. Like as long as you have an understanding that works for you um, and there's respect there, I think that's okay. But mm-hmm. it's that, that lack of respect and communication problems with them where it just, it makes it worse. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I just, I don't think she wants kids. I think that's a thing. And and he clearly wants kids. I think she would with the right person in the right circumstance. Where I don't think she's opposed to it, but it's like she has to see it first. Like what environment they might fit into. Where it's not a priority, but if those things align, then she would like it. If you're in your 30s and you still aren't sure. Maybe they're not biological kids. Not saying it by, with her eggs and things like that but i just mean like old dog new tricks type of thing like if you're at that point and you're unsure it's like he has a he has a point to be concerned right um maybe if eventually he wants kids and is concerned she may never want them but i think for her she i don't think she for sure never wants them i think she is just okay with never having them but if as long as she you know is able to, as she mentioned, because she did say she wants to be a little selfish for now. She wants to continue living her life as she has been. Mm. If she is able to keep doing that and build that with someone and then later on have kids, if it's, you know, late thirties, that's fine. Folks um, all the time have kids until the late thirties and later. If she is able to do that according to what she feels comfortable with her timeline, then she's eventually okay having kids. It's just, she's not pressed right now to have them. Mm -hmm. And even if she ever does have them, I don't think she's super passionate that she absolutely has to be a mother Mm -hmm. at some point. So hopping over to Bennett and Amelia, um, I thought it was really interesting that they kind of touched upon um, stay-at-home father, um, Bennett potentially being a stay-at-home father, and wanted to to get your thoughts on that. Um, Yeah, uh, Ashley, what'd you think? Um, Yeah, I thought it was just it was cool how they both approached the situation. I think um, I think it would take someone like Bennett to be so chill about it, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> because he doesn't seem to, he's just kind of his own person. Um, mm. I could, I understand why he w- didn't really react that strongly to it. It was just like, yeah, okay, I could see that. He just really goes with the flow. Mm. And I could also see him being really good at that. I think to be a stay at home parent, you have to be, I mean, it's a lot of work and it's stressful and it's a lot of, it's, I mean, it's kids, they, they need 24 seven attention. And I feel like he would, because he's so go with the flow, like he would be fine with that. He's also so creative and playful. Like he could really be a great parent and provide that like home environment that would be wonderful for kids to grow up that way and then have their mom come home and she's a doctor and they look up to her and like I I just I see like I I mean that I would watch that show in in a heartbeat you know (laughs) if they ever have kids and are on like the all the spinoff shows Mm -hmm. um so yeah I think where it gets a little touchy is like just how Amelia talks about it and having it i think she could approach it more as a conversation rather than this is an expectation i think she kind of got into that realm a little bit sometimes and um that's what i didn't like so much because i mean y'all are a team now you got to make these decisions together but 
I don't know. I like switching up the gender roles. Like, let's like we can parent any way we want to. Like, let's figure out what works. You know? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I definitely think it's admirable for sure to be able to see someone, a couple, trying to like flip gender roles and totally mm-hmm. be okay with it and not questioning it. Um, a spinoff, though, I saw this Netflix documentary. I think it was called. Was it explained? I don't think it was explained. Um, but it was it was an episode titled Babies, and it was talking about parents just really being like in tune. I think that show is called Babies. Anyways. Um <laughs> Are we gonna keep this in? Are we gonna cut out like a whole intro? I can, I can see babies produce the show. It. Okay, we got it. <laughs> Anyways, so it made me think of this um, Netflix show called Babies, and it talked about how parents can be so in tune to like their baby waking up or moving or something like that. And they said that a lot of times one parent can be more in tune, and a lot of times it tends to be the mother. But in um, families that have two fathers in the household, it's going to be you know one of the fathers that has like this kind of like chemical. They they showed a neural scan of someone's brain and showed that there is a spike in someone's brain that is that parent that is closer in tune to like mm-hmm. the baby's reactions or just movements and anyways the takeaway from all this was that it's a choice and it's a commitment to be like this is you know someone that i'm consistently caring for and this is always someone i'm you know have to be responsible for and both parents have that um but un- like inevitably there's someone who's sometimes does it more like wake up wakes up and hears the baby first or you know notices yeah. something's wrong first mm-hmm. um and so there's that parent that's just like a little more in tune um and they talked about it being a choice and a commitment and bennett totally seems to be on board with that he is someone who is just totally okay with being a stay-at-home dad mm-hmm. really committed to his relationship wanting to be you know the caregiver later on for his kids mm-hmm. biological or not which is another conversation they had um, so i totally think that like it's something that they can just do really well mm-hmm. yeah totally i do think it's a little uh i think the whole idea of someone being a full stay-at-home parent is not as like it's it's harder to do now you know like the chances are even as a doctor she's probably like he's probably going to have to work for them to maintain a certain lifestyle um and you know i like i the way i view it i, I think both parents should be involved you know like it shouldn't be a, a you're the stay at home parent so you're going to handle oh, so most of the work you don't want to be work. a stay at home dad no, not really. You know, not really. We're from this episode early, folks. <laughs> but like, I still like, you know, my, my, to use my parents, like both my parents were working. Both my parents were like had corporate type jobs that involved them being at work quite often. And we would stay with both of them, like, or have a babysitter. Like it was pretty evenly split in terms of, uh, you know, being taken care of by each parent. And I think like, that's the way it should be. Like, I just, I find it odd that there's one parent who is the, the go-to stay at home 
parent. But like, you know, uh, that's like an old school way of doing it. It feels like, you know, like the amount of money right. you're going to need to maintain a family. Kids are expensive. I don't know if you can really do that if it's just one income, you know, unless you're making half a million or something like I just it just seems unlikely. <laughs> so it's hard for me to even entertain the thought, really. Well, that's what I was going to say from our you know previous conversations about mm. money differences, right? Mm. Inevitably, if you are a stay-at-home parent, you may not have an income. And if you're a working parent mm. married to a stay-at-home parent, you're going to have a lot more income. And mm. if you're able to support both of you in that relationship and according to supporting both of you, whatever that mm. lifestyle that is, okay with that, then that works as long as we're on the same page. What I noticed too is that they both just didn't speak poorly about being a stay-at-home parent, either mm. gender. And yeah. I think that was a big deal with them because I felt like they were just giving the person respect. You are a person mm. first. You may, you know, I, like I think you really brought up a good point, Ashley. You may choose, in which in this case, they didn't have that conversation of choosing as much. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's something that they didn't really judge the other person on like it right. wasn't right it was it was something that they do not who they you know you know what i mean yeah yeah and like i think that's one of the things one of the strengths of bennett and amelia in general is i get the vibe from seeing them with their families with their friends that um it seems like they have friends from like a lot of different like walks of life and kind of like just very creative people who are just seem to prioritize being themselves in whatever way they can. Mm -hmm. And there's a great deal of embracing that comes with that to have a friend group like that and just be like, we're all weird and different. I mean, everybody's like this, but um, this sort of creative energy is just going to show up in a different way in every person. And so that lack of judgment, I think, is what allows them to be so open, allows them to be so flexible and just being like, you know, a stranger is just a friend I haven't met yet. And just being like, oh, cool, you work in finance and you've only lived in high rise apartments. That's so interesting. And not having that mean anything about the person like that's right. that's the kind of um I think that's a wonderful thing to emulate of just like curiosity over judgment. Like, mm -hmm. oh, what do you want? What are you like? What are your experiences without, there's no need to put meaning on any of it because those are right. all just your own judgments and they're not wrong or right. They're just your judgments. But like the fact is yeah. that the person is this way. Um, yeah. So I think that's what lends them the runway to be able to have these conversations, have it not be a big deal that she was like, I kind of want you to be a stay at home dad one day. Like, how would you feel about that? And it not mean anything at all, then that's just something that she thought she might want. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Part of me does wonder if she felt a lot more comfortable saying that or expressing that because he is a bit, you know, he's kind of in between careers, it appears, you know, like, I wonder, like, if he was a doctor, would she say, hey, I'm going to need you to be a stay-at-home dad and drop that doctor shit. Go get home. <laughs> get the cooking. <laughs> you know? You know? Like, is it... 
Yeah, that that I wonder, um, and because I think that would be a very different conversation if he's giving up a you know a ten year career in finance to do this. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a different combo. <laughs> I think that's why she wasn't paired with someone like that. Yeah, and I think it was very clear that she wasn't going to give up her doctor career. She was not going to be someone who was like, just drop everything that she's been working on for years. Similarly to some other couples that are like, listen, this is what I expect. This is what I, you know, want Mm -hmm. to maintain. And for her, it's like, I want to maintain being a doctor. And I'm going to need, if I want kids, a partner that can support me doing that, whether that's being the stay-at-home dad or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think it'd be a very good conversation if he also was like, "Yeah, can you be a stay-at-home mom?" <laughs> oh no, no. Oh, I meant that the other way around, though. Like, if he was a doctor and she was like, "Leave your doctor career, yeah. <laughs> your medical well, career." Yeah. <laughs> I think the root of that, though, if we really break this down, is that ultimately she doesn't want to give up her career in order to have a family, yeah. and so that led to her saying. I am looking for a partner who's willing to be a stay-at-home parent. But that can all, her not giving up her career can also be achieved by him making hella bank and then being able to have, you know, babysitters or, you know, you know, be able to pay for care, whatever oh, that piss. looks like. <laughs> oh, piss. Uh, you know, what fancy people do. Or like that that's another way to achieve that if that's truly why she feels that way or if it's really just her trying to emulate the childhood she grew up in and she wants to be superhero mom that comes home and the kids are just like, my, my doctor mom is home and she's the best, you know, like uh, that's different. But I, I just think, I think we get kind of stuck in these lanes of like how it's supposed to look like to raise a family and how that happens when it happens, what it looks like. And there's, there's really no rules. And so I think it's just really important to be super clear with yourself about what's important to you. And then just, let yourself be creative and how that plays out how to structure your life so that um, that you're, you're not feeling like you're, you're choosing between these, you know, two big things that you want. Um, It just requires a lot more creativity in these modern times because everything's more complex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also. So I've always had this theory where um, like, I, I remember, at one point in class at, at college, like uh, Ferris, uh, the professor mentioned that, you know, she's like, everyone in this class, statistically, you're probably going to have to switch jobs multiple times in your career by the end of your career. And, you know, back in the day, you could stay at one job for 15 years, and that's not, it, that's less likely to happen for us. And I think the whole, when people view their job as them, I just, I find that interest. I find that hard because, you know, that's probably going to change for a lot of people. So if you put so much value into that, when that does change, that's going to affect you quite a bit as opposed to someone like Bennett, who already has a lot of confidence in himself, whatever job he does, mm-hmm. he's probably going to be the same person. And it's just going to be him doing this, him as an accountant, him as a consultant, him as a doctor, like it's still going to be the same person. Mm -hmm. Um, And with, in terms of like stay at home parents, I think the, the risk that I've noticed 
just from people in my life sometimes is if there is a career lull for one of the partners, automatically the other person assumes, all right, now you are going to be a stay at home and you're going to do nothing else. And I think that's a bit unfair where, where like that other person can have time to then go into something else if they want to do that, if that makes any sense. But mm -hmm. the idea of, all right, well, now that you don't have a job, you're going to be staying at home and do nothing else. I don't like that. I, I like if that person wants to do that, fine. <laughs> of course, that's mm -hmm. great. But, you know, I, it's, you know, when you look at the stats in terms of like the pay discrepancies between guys and, and girls, at least for the US, like I think that's the reason why typically it's one of the reasons why of when that person leaves their career for a brief moment to do whatever it's so hard for them to hop back into it. And then now you're hopping in, you're either doing a completely different career. So now you're building your from the bottom or you're, um, uh, you're not getting compensated in the same way. And I know, like, like I said, personally, I've seen when that's happened, one of the partners goes, all right, well, that's great. Now you can stay at home with the, the kids. And at least for the situation I was, I'm thinking about that person didn't actually want to do that, but now kind of has to fall into that role. And I just, you know, I think especially in the modern day where we're going to probably be changing careers often in our lifetimes, you got to be like comfortable and like, okay, with letting your partner move around stuff. If that happens, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think I went like so specific with that, that I don't know if it turned out as a great point, but hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully that makes, that makes some sense. Um, yeah, it does. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I probably said that super loud. Um, I, I don't know. Like I would, I'm, if we were to hypothetically have kids, I would love to, I, like, I'd want to be in a kid's life a lot. So, you know, I'm going to be taking a lot of time off and I'm like, I'm going to want to be in their lives. Um, but would I want to like give up whatever project or career at that point? No, I try to do both, but you know, maybe I'm not going to be going all in on my career though. Like maybe I want, I'm going to, be okay with missing some meetings so that I can be at little Timmy soccer practice. No, oh, Timmy we would I never name our kid Timmy. Oh. <laughs> That's what they people go with. Oh, no, no way. No, I think no. though, like we're both people who wouldn't do well being a stay at home parent full time. <laughs> if there was some sort of like part time arrangement that we both had, or like if, or like, self-employed where things are more flexible or something like that. I could totally see that working. I don't think for either of our personality types, it would work to just be like at home all the time. <laughs> Cause like we both like having our work very much. Yeah. And um, I'd go mad. I'd go crazy for sure. Yeah. And like, that's fine. Yeah. It's just, we know that. <laughs> and so we yeah. like, I know that I would want to be at a point in my career where I could work that like right now I couldn't. Uh, but you know, I'd like to get to that point by the time we're thinking about kids. <laughs> what are, what about you? What are your, would you be a stay at home parent? 
<laughs> okay. Okay. PTA meetings all the time. <laughs> hey, it's me, ready. your mom again. <laughs> I'm your teacher now. <laughs> hmm. God bless her. Hmm. More than that. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like that's why I'm such a big fan of it's gonna be weirdly political, but like UBI, like universal basic income. Like the idea that parents, stay at home parents, because you're not working for a company, you're not getting any money. Like they're working, they should be getting compensated for doing that. I just, like you said, you're working crazy hours, you're waking up crazy hours and doing all this stuff. That is a job. A job is, that is a job. Whether or not you're getting a, a W-2 um, doesn't take away from the fact that you're doing all this work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm with you. <laughs> and like occasionally throw up on you and like go crayons <laughs> at your face or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think I just, I know myself well enough for like, if I had to be around kids all the time, I would not be okay. As much as I would love our hypothetical children, whatever. And I think mm -hmm. this is probably true for most people. Like it's kids need constant attention and no one can give all the time. Like you need to find that time for yourself and just like be able to have your own, your own space where it's, this is just, yeah. this is just me time. And um, so, yeah, I think you know, it's just like that self-awareness is so important of like, what can I actually do? What am I actually capable of? Cause otherwise you're ironically setting yourself up to maybe not be as good of a parent because you're stressed and you're overwhelmed and you're trying to do everything. And that makes you less attentive. That makes you less, focused on the kids and their needs. And like, it has to be a, a broader balance and it might, might take time to find that mix that works best for everybody. But I just, I don't like the idea of like, I'm giving up my career or you're giving up your career. It's like, there's also, uh, there's all these different scenarios that you can create together based on like, what is important to you? <laughs> like, there's always another solution to it. Yeah, yeah. It's, I wonder if we go back like this is being recorded now. I, I'm interested to see like five years from now, 
if we look back <laughs> we'll be like yeah this. we're dumb <laughs> right well maybe not the dumb part but like To like to bring back <laughs> our future like, children listen to this like oh my god <laughs> dicks <laughs> <You suck. laughs> you were right i had to walk home from school so many times mom and be like, well, do you know why I picked you up to school? Because I was already up and at work and I was active and I had to, you know, accountable to somebody else. So that made me up and active and pick you up from school. So you're welcome. <laughs> so basically, you're going to have to have like a tardy system with your own kids to like decide. <laughs> with myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, it, this does kind of remind me like the Bobby, I brought them up again, the Bobby and Danielle. Like she's, she was pretty anti- having kids and now no she was anti being a stay-at-home mom yeah but she is currently a stay-at-home mom actually i don't know if that's true i know like okay like i we follow her on instagram and she's like very involved in her kid's life and obviously is a lot of her Mm -hmm. posts are around them Mm -hmm. i i have Mm -hmm. no idea if she's still working or not i really don't know well i apologize miss danielle but i just i mean in general you know like if you asked me in eighth grade what I was going to do, I thought I was going to be an award-winning author at this point. You know, that's not the, that's not the case, you know. Uh, I, I still like my life, but I'm not an author. Like, I wonder if things, like, once you have said baby in front of you, maybe I'll be like, yeah, whatever. Screw my medical career. I'm just going to be taking care of this baby. Your medical career. So I went to medical school uh, before the baby was born, became a doctor, and then uh, decided to throw that away. Yeah, a lot of years to get through here. (laughs) Unless you've been going to school in secret, we got some time to make up. (laughs) You don't know. I might ace all the tests really quickly, and they're like, oh, we'll just skip a year for him. It's fine. It's good. Yeah, that's a good thing to do for medical school. So this needs to be like our capsule episode of like, we're coming back to this one. In <laughs> we'll flag years. this one for a future review. <laughs> Maybe. Totally. Wait, did any of the other couples talk a lot about kids yet? Like in any in, you know, in particular a, way? In a joking way, Woody's like, I was looking for a honeymoon baby. And That's in general, right. they want he, kids. Like, yeah. he seems very eager to have that family. Like he, he is smitten with her. He's just like, yep, you're perfect. Let's do this. <laughs> Baby number one, let's go. Oh, Agu's got feelings. He's playing with his hair. He's deep in thought. It's just the fact that Pastor Cow had to like remind them to be to protect to to have protection. It's just mm-hmm. I love y'all. I really like you're my favorite couple. You guys are the best. Strap up, please, please <laughs> get the strap. Okay, Lord have mercy. Uh, frustrating. frustrating yeah that always surprises me because that happened or has happened a few remember. times yeah where they it, it's interesting to me that they include that in the show as like an intentional point sometimes. they have to because this does that's like the third couple to have this problem right yeah where they're like hey by the way are you <laughs> wrapping it before you tap it you know as they say but like they've literally asked like uh, 
it's, wow, it's such a that personal... sounded so nerdy the way you said that. That was <laughs> just... oh, Lord. <laughs> gosh. Right, are I, you I using see why... protection? <laughs> it's just like there's a little I, bit I just... in there that time. <laughs> I don't know. It just blows my mind. Like the. I just think family planning is really important just for all the mm-hmm. reasons we just talked about. Like parenting is a, a really serious thing to start and just being intentional about it. That's, that's all. Just think about it. Just be like, are we, a, are we ready to have a child right now? Probably not. So let's do something about that. <laughs> it's just, okay. so another thing we saw everybody's living together. Now they see each other's places and then they always do the thing where they host their friends coming over um, I want to talk about Henry and Christina's little powwow because I felt like it was a little awkward in a lot of ways. Um, I'll just leave it at that. How'd you feel about like their get together, how Christina was doing with his friends and how Henry was doing with her friends? Like what were the vibes that you guys were seeing? Um, I think it was awkward. I mean, I think that's just their their dynamic at this point. It seems a little bit awkward, but um, her talking to his his friends, I, th- I actually thought was kind of good for them. I think they like they were able to paint more of a picture of him and how incredibly loyal and caring mm-hmm. of a person he is. And um, you know, she seemed to be receptive to that. So. Uh, you know, for them, it was good. It was a good, a good progress, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt like it just seemed awkward between everybody. Like they weren't really comfortable around each other, especially when it was Christina's friend. I can't remember his name, but he was like the only person talking to Henry when they were in that small group over oh, in the kitchen. Yeah. Yep. And all, everybody else was just silent. It just felt very forced to every for everybody to be together and then for christina to be like oh my gosh henry's actually a really great person and you have to tell me this because you know he supported you during your sister's passing and it's just like that just went to show that christina just like wrote off henry for being henry any cool great loving person because he has this like kind of more of a bland personality from her perspective. Yeah. I have to say, like, I don't love Christina's friends. It felt like, and I, I don't know his name. They were I felt like such a... I just felt like he was kind of, just kind of hounding Henry, just to be like, like, it, he, he seemed just belligerently unaware of the fact that he was maybe he was aware of it, that he was just making Henry super uncomfortable with how direct and just question after question after question and just like pushing and pushing and just would not relax a little bit and try to have a natural conversation. It felt like he was trying to get him and it just felt really gross to me. I didn't feel Mm -hmm. like he was being respectful or like even trying to get to know Henry. It was just like, so have you kids like asking her, asking him like all these really pointed questions as if he's like defending Christina in some way. And I just felt like it was super rude and uncalled for the way that he was talking to Henry. And then on the flip side, Henry's friends are basically trying to like 
talk Christina down and be like, look, he's a great guy. If you, you have to get to know him, he's like, she's been told this many times that he's someone who's kind of slow to open up, but it's worth it. And it's like, do the work and you will see like why he has such a close friend group of people who show up for him. No questions asked. Like that yeah. shows a lot. And like the contrast of their friend groups, I was just like, I have low hopes for them. <laughs> yeah, totally. Also, just her friend group was such a interesting group of people. Like the age difference between them were wild. Like some of the guys there <laughs> just it was very interesting. The age, mm -hmm. the age difference. Well, I was wondering there. if it was because she was a flight attendant, and you know, flight attendants can be a bunch of ages, and so maybe that's where yeah. she meets some of these people. Yeah, that totally. could be totally. Um, yeah, you're right though. That that was a bit uncomfortable to to see that the way he was hounding him. Um, but maybe he thought to give this guy a slight benefit of the doubt. Maybe he thought he was like letting Henry know that like if you go for it, it's gonna be she's gonna be receptive to this. If you just gotta make a move. I mean, it's, yeah, it's similar to the just, the conversation mm -hmm. he had with Woody that one time as well. It's like it it reminded me, and like especially that little recap, Ashley, of like just how he was hounding him. It definitely mm -hmm. reminds me of "Show me who your friends are, and I'll show you who you are." Because that was mm -hmm. just a replication of everything she's been doing. She's been judging him. She hasn't been accepting to who he is. She hasn't been patient with him. She hasn't cared to even listen to his you know opinion or side of the story of where being anything. And instead, she's talking at him to be, this is how you're supposed to be as a partner because you're yeah whatever, whatever. And I was just like, this is a mirror image of who she is. And also just goes to show that she's not going to change because her, some of her closest support system is like that. Yeah. And I think like I'm calling out that friend in particular just because I know some people like that and find it really draining to be around them because it's like they walk into a room and it's like they have all the answers and they're just trying to like like some like in their own way it's like they're trying to like coach you into how to be the right version of yourself and there's absolutely like no room for you to just be who you are like it's that judgment first no curiosity at all it's just like you're wrong i'm going to tell you exactly why and i'm going to make it feel like it's a joke or like this is a friendly thing but like mm. really you're just being a weird social bully <laughs> yeah. it's just yeah. not cool i kind of wish they had a like they had a game that they could they played whatever group game they were working on they did that more so that you they're kind of like focusing on that because i think we've kind of seen this with other couples where when that's done it just turns into like the friends hounding the other person <laughs> you know like you got to have something to keep them busy like i don't give them some scrabble or uno or something to do like it's just mm -hmm. that was that was a bit rough that, that definitely was um i mean like that compared to the woody namani friendship get together like that was super cool super like it just it just seems seamless you know? yeah like, yeah uh, i loved watching amani and woody's friends yeah. come together because they just like mm -hmm. they didn't even know each other but you couldn't tell that they were having so much fun playing never have yeah. ever and just laughing all the time so <laughs> um what i was gonna say like amani and woody's friend groups meshing so well just is the mirror image of amani and woody meshing so well christina and henry being yeah. awkward 
as all get out is the same thing as our friends. It's not really meshing so well. Anyways, Manin will mm-hmm. be great. Oh, I yeah. love them so much. Yeah. You made like a really good point before we were talking of like the fact that the friends knew to ask about the shower. That's that was hilarious to me. Like, who <laughs> fed the them tea. this information? Who who gave them this information? <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just like so easy together. It's it's awesome to see. Yeah, it's just I think effortless. They might have. They might be like. I don't think we've ever seen a couple just this effortless before in the season. Like they have just gelled amazingly well. Mm-hmm. And I, I get the feeling that um, Woody's just kind of gone all in, which is really cool to see. Like he is like, you can tell he loves her at this point. Like he's not being shy about how he feels like he's just, I'm all in, you know, and I think sometimes for most people on this, in this experiment, they're like a little hesitant and he just doesn't seem to have that. He is just yeah, so sure. And Um, and they're just so direct with each other while still being kind, where it's mm -hmm. just like, like it, it's clear they don't have that that filter where they overthink something like, Oh, if I say this, will she, if I say I'm in love with her, will she freak out? Or if mm-hmm. whatever, it's just like, no, nope, if that's how I feel, I'm going to say it. And then we can talk about it and just mm-hmm. letting it be at that. Like, I think that is the essence of the most beautiful level of communication when it's just, this is how I'm feeling. Just <laughs> chef kiss. This is exactly how I'm feeling right now. And then the other person says, I see how you're feeling. I see you. I hear you. And this is exactly how I'm feeling. And then where do we go from there? And they just mm-hmm. keep doing that over and over. And it's like they're not sifting through all the translations of when you said this, did you mean this? When you did this, did you mean this? It's just like they're just telling each other straight up, this is what I want. You did this. Like, I appreciate it. You know, like they're just. I love them so much. I just love them. Yeah. And we also <laughs> saw them have a, I mean, it was a, it was a tough topic they talked about. So before their party, they had Pastor Cal come over and they talked about changing their appearance without telling their person. Imani Ooh. said, well, I'm going to shave my head. And Woody was like, we got to talk about it first. <laughs> that mm-hmm. could have yeah. really turned sour very quickly for the mm-hmm. wrong couple. But they were like, okay, we realize this is possibly a touchy subject let's laugh it off a little bit do a little like hearted realize it's serious not be sarcastic Mm. and also you know take it in stride yeah but he was also able to go after they discussed it for even just a few minutes he was able to go exactly to why that was such a trigger for him usually that takes weeks of like therapy like he's clearly done his work already he knows his shit he knows I don't like it if someone changes things up on me without consulting me because I had a situation in the past where that was a huge deal. And now that's a trigger for me. That self-awareness is like that. Where's chef kisses? Like that is is where you can go when you know yourself. That's how you can like, that could have been a week's long argument. That could have been a breakup for other couples, but they Mm -hmm. got through it because he was able to be like, this is how I feel. She was able to be like, okay, don't like that you're, she probably felt like, oh, you're trying to control me or something, but she was able to stay there and still talk. And then they got through it. And it was just, they didn't uh, target each other for it. 
Yeah. No, it's just like trying no. to understand. And Pastor Cow, great job. Like Pat, like this is why Pastor Cow is Pastor Cow. Like yep. he just let them deal with that and like they resolved it and they're completely fine and he it was amazing to see like you could tell he was there a little bit to guide but he let them get to the conclusion themselves and pastor Kyle, well done like you're a pro <laughs> really though <laughs> yeah, cats, yeah uh cats off to you that was that was an amazing scene i like as soon as he said that i was like oh no oh no woody you've messed up don't do it <laughs> don't do it and like to see him get out of oh, i said get out of it but like just to see him like you said express himself and mm-hmm. it was amazing it was, mm-hmm. it was amazing yeah um yeah if <laughs> like they're a home run like i would watch a show of them easily right. it would be fun it would be an interesting show It'd be Woody doing a lot of like poses to the camera, wearing like a lot of his clothing. shoulder Yeah, <laughs> he like dances so much. I've never seen a person just break out into dance as often. I love as he it. Does. You got some great it's energy. Just... Amani's like whisper talk thing that she does. It's pretty cool. It's pretty solid. It's like I don't know how else to describe it, but like her voice is like a. I was gonna imitate it. I can't. But oh, just the way she talks. Yeah, it's like a Very super chill. calm. Yeah, it's, it's very like... soothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would listen to an audiobook read by her. I think I would. Yeah. Y'all be kissing? <laughs> Y'all be kissing. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, oh, anyway, goodness. so other other parties. Amelia and Bennett's painting. I know, Ashley, you really thought this was cool. I've got to be honest, I don't remember this scene at all. <laughs> Oh really? So yeah, I was going to let you guys talk. Cool. Oh my bad. It was okay, a so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Scrap yeah. all no, that. I Go just, ahead. Start over. I'm sorry. I must have missed it. I don't know what happened. I just that was loud. I just the idea of if you told me, oh, we're going to be painting with my friends, I'd be like, oh, that's cheesy. But like seeing like it worked for them, like it was the right activity. I think it was like they had a artwork and they're like paint how you feel about. Um, <laughs> Bennett and Amelia, Bennett and Amelia, and like that just sounds cheesy to me. But watching them do it, it was it was cute. It was good. It was a good time. Um, also, yeah, their friend group is the exact same people. Like it's like it feels like they've known each. Like there's not that many people in New Orleans that are that way. Like like of course they have to be tied together a little bit, right? Like just their community. Their community. It's amazing. I like them. When I saw that they did that, I was like, of course they're going to think of something way different. Like, there's all these other games that people are doing, and they're just going to one-up everybody else and be like, no. You're never going to think of what we're going to do. Well, yeah, that's very personal. Like, it just sounds yeah. like that's very much their alley. If they were like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to do a trivia night at the bar or something, they'd be like, what? No. <laughs> we don't know pop culture. Also, you don't like trivia in general. I just don't like trivia. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. <laughs> not my thing. Uh-huh. Not my uh-huh. thing. Hmm. But, no, but I thought that was fun. They and what was the comment they made at the end of it? Sometimes it was hard to notice whose friend was who because they also did have mutual friends. They had come across each other in the mm-hmm. past, and mm-hmm. I mean, they just meshed so well. And I think that's 
encouraging for couples when they do have friend groups that mesh when either partner meshes with the other person's friend groups and in their case when both their friend groups mesh together together, like i think that's only good for for the couple to Mm -hmm. be able to get along with extended people in that person's life it makes so it makes everything so much easier or just Mm -hmm. building that friend group together and like Mm -hmm. that takes time but it's it's helpful yeah, that's I know a, that's, that's not ideal in a lot of situations, but it's only nice to have. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, totally. The I didn't even think about that. You're right. Like the importance of said person and their friend groups liking their partner. I wonder if that's a bigger deal the older you are as opposed to the younger you are or vice versa. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I can see that. I can see it being more of a big deal as you're younger because you're socializing more. And then as you maybe start to get a family together, you maybe start to center in on each other and that becomes Mm -hmm. your closer circle. And you also then hang out with other folks that are either married without children or married with children or not married at all. Mm. You just kind of just like maybe start to adjust your friend group to match kind of thing. Yeah. I just, with Olivia... Like I, I feel like when you're at that point, your friend, like you're, you've been friends with your group for so long that if you had a person who didn't get along with your friend group, that's going to be a bigger deal than, you know, like in high school, I would, maybe this is just me, but I had like, my friend group was constantly growing and like, it was constantly changing. So if you didn't like one friend, okay, it's fine. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's totally okay. But if you've been friends with someone for two decades, it's like, I'm not going to give them up now. Um, Well, yeah. And I think that's where with Bennett and Amelia, that will be interesting is if he's willing to go travel with her and move because his whole friend base, who he's clearly very close with, is in New Orleans. And so what happens then if he has to move out of state, he has to choose between like his wife and then like his established area which his friend miranda is not okay with she was no she was the one by the fountain that was Mm -hmm. like yeah she was very clear that she didn't like that (laughs) yeah yeah it almost felt like she's gonna be like stay with me i actually love you no (laughs) (laughs) i just felt like she didn't step out of her feelings for a second to be like, okay, I recognize you just took a huge life step and your life might look different now. And that's seems to be what you want. It was all about like her, you know, she would miss him and that she wants him to stay. And like, what about his work and the theater and all this stuff where it was like, okay, but also (laughs) he hasn't made up his mind yet. So the reason that he's torn about this, that he hasn't made up his mind is because he sees a lot of potential in this marriage. If he was just like, yeah, I mean, she might have to move for work and is, you know, I don't really know like that kind of attitude about it. Then I'd be like, Oh, okay. Well maybe you're not really gonna even considering this because it's not, it doesn't seem worth it. I don't know. Just, I just, I wish she would have been a little bit more like supportive in that that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Although they've been together for like weeks at this point right and he's like yeah i'm gonna yeah, be moving out away with this person you wanted like, a spouse 
you got to make some mm-hmm. big decisions now if that's what you really yeah. want. If you really think this person could be your person, got to make those decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, moving for somebody, that's that's tough. That's, that's tough stuff. It's a lot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, especially when you're that close. I'm trying to imagine if I would do it. Probably, but that <laughs> that's harsh. Unless it's like to like Alaska or something. Like I'm not going somewhere colder than Michigan. I'm not doing that. Like I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not going to Antarctica. I don't wanna I just I'm sorry. No. I'm not but asking like you, you to <laughs> But like if you got a job at Bora Bora, Why I'd be you? okay. I'd be okay with that type of, you know, Caribbean. I'm just saying. If you want to get a job somewhere in the Caribbean, I'm, I'm okay with that. It's cool. Okay. <laughs> So the talk about Karen and Miles, um, their party was interesting. What, you know, what were your thoughts on their party and their just their dynamic in general? Are you are you warming up to the idea of these two uh, making it? Um, I think they are better when they have other friends around. So Miles mm-hmm. kind of seems like an entertainer. So he was like telling the story about her making the fish late at night for him and. Just really talking her up in front of everybody, which is, hey, I like that. Be your partner's cheerleader. Um, and then they had their fun little truth or dare where she sat in his lap and they give each other a kiss. That was really cute. So I felt like it was, ooh, ooh, a kiss. <laughs> I don't know I felt what. like it was good for their relationship to have that get together with friends because they also just relaxed for a while, too. Yes, like, yes, that. yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think being around like just familiar people and um, it maybe got them out of their heads a little bit. It was just co- nice to see them be a little bit more cozy, a little bit more like, yeah, this is a weird situation. This is my new spouse, but it's okay to smooch a little. It's okay to be physically close to each other <laughs> and like getting that um, uh, kind of external feedback of just like, ooh, like everyone, you know, giving that sort of ooh, energy when mm-hmm. they do something little, it's like, yeah, like celebrate that. <laughs> like take take your steps, do your thing, and you got people like mm-hmm. who are excited for you. That's cool. Yeah. 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 They were I I I feel like I kind of went all in last time we spoke about Karen and Miles and my feelings on them. Uh cooler headed now. I'm calmer. Um I do I wonder because, you know, wanting to take time, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I understand that. I wonder if hypothetical situation, if she was paired with like a Henry, if that if that would have worked. Because Henry is also wants to take his time. She also wants to take her time. They could take their time for, you know, however, a year or <laughs> two years. Decades. <laughs> But I think the difference is finally that. hold hands when they're like in their fifties. You know, who knows? <laughs> Something like that. No, but I think the difference is that, like, so she says, you know, she wants to take her time, but she also wants someone that's masculine, and she, I think, is feeling a little uncomfortable with Miles wanting to move fast. And I think, like, if she were characteristics of Henry taking it slow, if she were paired with someone like that she would be okay moving a little, you know, faster because she didn't feel pressured. Hmm. I'm, you know, that's just my thoughts on it where hmm. she knows that Miles 
you know, is ready. But she's like, oh, that's like a little pressuresome. Yeah. yeah. Especially with him being clear that that's like kind of a need of his. Is that like physical affection, not necessarily sex, but just uh, being, you know, hugs and kisses and holding hands and all the flirty stuff. Um, yeah. I think they just need to get out of their heads some more. Just try to relax. Do the, I mean, we talk about this a million times. Just like be playful, try to flirt, try to date. And, you know, things will grow from there. If you just sit and look at each other in silence and just think about how you don't want to have sex with them yet, that's, <laughs> you're never gonna. <laughs> Sorry. But like, I feel like they get so stuck in their heads sometimes. Like you're in this, yeah. like, not even decorated apartment and you're just like, this is who I married. What am I doing? It's like, no, get out of that space. Get into like your cooking class, get into your salsa dancing, get into your whatever activity gets you out of the house and with just in a new environment. That's, that's it. And things will grow. Mm -hmm. Maybe it doesn't, but at least you tried. Yeah. Kind of like so, when they were trying to dissect the grocery like trip to be like, it was a date because I paid and da, da, da. Oh, and she's saying it wasn't a date because it wasn't a dinner. And it's like, does it matter? Like <laughs> You hung out. You hung out. <laughs> so a uh, Henry that's black and muscular. So Henry's personality. Are you making a Frankenstein partner for Karen? Mixed with like Terry Cruz's body and then <laughs> probably Henry's hair. We'll, we'll put Henry's hair on Terry Cruz's body and then like that person who will be very patient. I can't believe you didn't but... just say the rock and his body type, but black. <laughs> I think because the rock is perfect. A great partner for her. Maybe, oh maybe God. I could see that. I could see that. I could see that. I mean, if I hear he's really big into feet, and she likes people. <laughs> what? Like, yeah. Who? He's he's a Idris Elba. He's, we started talking about Idris Elba now. I miss that. What's happening? <laughs> oh, yeah, I said. That. <laughs> I said that's a perfect partner for her. She's so yeah. Yeah, she mentioned that Idris Idris Elba would be the perfect partner for her, and. You know, he likes a lady with nice feet. She likes people massaging her foot. So, yeah. Yeah, Make that's, that, that's a I mean, perfect he, match. Those are the only two criteria. <laughs> I mean, he has, a, he has a wife and she has a husband, but, you know. They'll figure it out. <laughs> Semantics. Oh, my God. So, last thing on them is the, I think Miles just overstepped a little bit. He got, he was feeling himself, was being jokey, and he did the whole thing of writing, like, sex with my wife on the calendar thing. And that clearly like pissed her off and like they had to spend some time apart and stuff. I think honestly, it was <laughs> honestly, I think she overreacted a little bit. I think she's just real sensitive about that. And like, he was just, that could have been joked about and just been like, that's not cool. That's absolutely not happening. And then move on from it. But I don't know. what do you guys think about that? I definitely <laughs> think that too. Like, um, it could have been handled in a joking way, but I also would have overreacted to that. I would have been like, excuse you. Like, so I think that, yeah, it could have been handled better, but also I think made me more concerned about him because of his like wanting to be more intimate. And yeah, he talks about intimacy and the broad topic, but he specifically refers to sex sometimes and that's very big on his list to have you know at least before the end of decision day for him 
it seemed like. Um, and for him to just say that, I was like, are you really genuine then when you're talking about being patient or are you like reminding everybody else how patient you are and how, mm. you know, supportive you've been, how her pace that she wants to go to? Are you just like, it just kind of made me a little confused by his intentions. Mm. Yeah, sure. And I, and I, and I, I mean, clearly she felt similar <laughs> the same way about it. Um, yeah, I guess I, I, I didn't see what was wrong with that, but you know, I'm not married to her, so whatever. But uh, I think the conversation, um, hmm, how do I say this? I think I've realized the reason why I'm so affected by this, or the reason why I, I feel like I feel bad for Miles at times, um, and this is probably unfair, but I think I just, I know so many people and so many friends of mine who will put up with some crap as long as they find their partner attractive. Mm. And a part of me kind of thinks that's what's going on with Miles. Like, you know, geez, we clearly have different feelings on different things, on core things, but she's hot. So I'm going to deal with it like that aspect. And that's, and I'm realizing maybe that's unfair. That's maybe that's not their situation. So to kind of put that on them is unfair, but you know, like I think it's fine for him to have, if that is a core standard for him, like he wants to be physical with his partner. I think you can say that. And then, if she's not into that, if that's not something that she wants to do, which is totally her right and totally fair, you then call it. It's the whole staying in there while being tortured thing that I find difficult. Like if that's something you find important, that's fine. Find someone who also finds that important. <laughs> and so, but I, I, I hope they work it out. I just... I'm over. I don't. I just watching them is kind of hard for me. I gotta be honest. It's hard. They're not bad people, but it's just it's uncomfortable to watch. I kind of get the vibe from them, like I got from Deanna and Greg from past seasons or a past mm -hmm. season, where um, it kind of was similar. Where Greg was kind of doing more of the work, and Deanna was like really kind of closed and protective and it took her a while to warm up. And I think this might be that situation where if they give it time, they might get there. Um, but it's certainly, they both have to be okay with it being not even for a little while. And they both need to be clear with themselves about what they're okay with for whatever period of time. And so yeah. it's, again, it's, it's knowing yourself and knowing what you're okay with, where are your limits, where's your hard stop, and actually respecting that. Because like to your point, Agu, if if sex it in itself is that important to this man, and it, if it doesn't happen within X amount of time, that that's so important to him, he doesn't even have to express it that way. But like, because obviously that would put a lot of pressure on her and be like really hard. But he can show up for himself and be like, I'm not this isn't what I, I'm not getting what I need. So I'm going to bow out <laughs> and like yeah. be okay with the yeah. repercussions of that because he's showing up for himself. And that's really hard. And that feels really shitty, but 
that's where it has to go. But if you're going to stay and hang in there and see if you can make it work, you can't do the back and forth of like, I'm not getting what I need and then just not doing anything. That's I exactly. see where your, your frustration comes from there. So you, you've articulated that 10 times better than I did. That's, that's <laughs> like 100%. a ramble. <laughs> no, it, Thanks, guys, for joining us today. We'll uh, catch us next time. We'll be talking more about season 11 and all these crazy couples. Until then, go follow us on Instagram at Cup of Three Podcasts. We're also on YouTube now. So if you're listening to us in your ear holes, you can actually see us too. And we're pretty dope. So um, go check out YouTube. Uh, we'd love to see you there too. So yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.